Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Glad to have you with us. My first show of the week here on this Tuesday. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about. And it's good news for the Hoosiers. Mackenzie Mbako committed to IU over Kansas in a big-time get for Mike Woodson and the coaching staff on Friday evening. I really was suspect about the whole thing. And most people that I talked to, uh, fans and otherwise, just suspect that he would commit to Indiana Kansas, a national champion contender, Hunter Dickinson, others uh, obviously back from the roster last year. Uh, they just have uh, an a ability to get these guys on a regular basis. But Indiana pulled a what I'll call a big upset. And one of the only people that, and I think he said it on this very show, that I talked to that was confident for whatever reason that Indiana would land McKenzie Mbako was Justin Kalen, who is the producer of this show most days. So I figured before we get into any sponsorships or text line or headlines for today, we would bring Justin on to you're a diehard Indiana fan. And you told me Justin consistently last week, as we knew Mbako's announcement plans and that he was not going to consider St. John's or Louisville. And he canceled his visit to the Ville. You were sure that he was going to pick Indiana. You told me that off air. You doubled down and told me that on air. And so congratulations to you. You had a hunch, a feeling, a source somewhere that made you feel like Mbako was going to be in Cream and Crimson. And by golly, he is. Yeah, well, thanks, Matt. I, I'm not trying to gloat, but I, I'll take the moment to <laughs> I'll take the moment to gloat here. Yeah, for me, I mean, it just and I think I said this on air is it just came down to the pictures for me. If you looked at the pictures of him at Kansas, looked at him in the pictures of in at, at Indiana, he had a smile on all the Indiana pictures at Kansas. There were no smiles. Mama didn't really have a smile. It was almost like a. a a business trip that they weren't really excited for whereas when they were at indiana it was like a business trip that was not really business it was all play so that's that's how i read into it and plus if you look at what kansas has done in this offseason and what they've got returning from last year's team it just wasn't a whole lot of room for them you're not guaranteed the minutes at kansas like you are gonna be at indiana so that's really what i was basing it off of yeah, big get by Mike Woodson, obviously, and I'll go through some of the highlights of his commitment here in just a minute, but this is is this the biggest commitment for Mike Woodson? Is this the, the big one so far? Ooh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Other than, uh, I mean, no. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough, Matt, because you've got Jalen hood Shafino, who he was able to score last minute after his decommitment from, I believe it was, what, Miami? And, and he's in the... 
he's in the draft now and, and looking to be maybe a lottery pick. So it's hard to say if that's a if it's as big as get. I think Jalen Hachafino would have something to say about that. But I mean, time will tell. I think Mako has a real opportunity to come in and make a name for himself and really help out Indiana next season. All right. Uh, now, you just went from a unbelievable prediction on Mbako to IU, and most people didn't agree, to flipping there in the last 15 seconds on, on my last question. So I, I don't know, Justin. I'm beginning to, to question your judgment here. I'm just messing with well, you. Now, so. th- there's always the fear of the unknown, <laughs> Matt. You know that. I mean, that's, I, I, do I believe in Mbako? Absolutely. A thousand percent. I, I, I like him a lot. I've seen a lot of his highlight tapes, and Highlight tapes sometimes don't always transfer, but I think he's going to be a really big piece for Indiana. I'm, I'm really excited about him for sure. I know this is such a small piece, and I hate to even mention it again, but you brought it up, and I did last week as well. I hate to look into photos because everybody's got photos from these recruiting visits, but if there was one thing last week when this commitment was coming down the line that made me hold out just a little bit of hope, maybe Indiana – could be McKenzie and Baco's destination. I agree. The photos, there was just a different feel, a different look. Now, you never know the setting or who was taking the picture or who propped it to be that way, but it's silly to look that detailed into the recruitment of a high school senior. But, hey, that's what we do, and that's what diehard Indiana fans, and really diehard fans, a lot of these big-time college basketball programs do in this new social media world. But, uh, yeah, I, I paid attention to that. I, I agree it was the only sign where you could maybe notice uh, something was different there with Mike Woodson and the family and the staff. So uh, you uh, you put more stock into that than me, and you were right, Justin. You, you know, Matt, sports is the one thing in this world that doesn't always have to be the same. Everybody can have a different way to look at it. Everybody can interpret it their own way. I mean, I was at Churchill last week for the, for the Derby, and I won a race. I bet on the horse that came in first and second, and somebody asked me, well, what did you like about that horse? I simply said, the name. I mean, it's, it's, it's all subjective. You can do it your own way, think about things however you want. So, yeah, it's, it's just a lot of fun. All right, Justin, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Uh, you do a great job. You're a great friend of the show, the station, so I had to bring you on and let you gloat for just a couple minutes <laughs> to begin the program today. Not, so. a, not a big gloater, but I appreciate it nonetheless. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, and again, Mackenzie Mbaco's commitment to the program is huge. Uh, Indiana now with a nice class nationally. Mbaco, again, just to recap, originally signed with Duke last fall. He reopened his recruitment in April, took visits to St. John's, Kansas, and Indiana, and then canceled a visit to Louisville before making his decision Friday night to choose Indiana. Six foot eight forward. He's the number eight player in the class of 2023. And again, he's a current senior in his final, maybe even days of high school at Roselle Catholic in New Jersey. So he is going to be on campus literally in weeks. This isn't a guy that's got another season of high school or prep ball to go. He is going to be at Indiana very, very soon. His national ranking makes him the highest-ranked high school recruit to commit to Coach Woodson's IU program, um, obviously, and I believe the highest player to commit to Indiana since Romeo Langford. The only top 10 recruits to commit to Indiana since 1998, which is the rankings era, I guess, where everything has been tracked. Eric Gordon, Romeo Langford, Noah Vonley, Jared Jeffries, and Cody Zeller are those players. And, of course, Mbako, he joins Gabe Cups of Ohio and Ja'Kai Newton from down in Georgia as really the third player 
in the 23-24 recruiting class from traditional high school recruiting for the Hoosiers. And, of course, this offseason, just to give you the full profile of things, in addition to Cups, Newton, and now Mbaco, the Hoosiers have also added or will add three players from the transfer portal, big seven-footer Kellel Ware, Anthony Walker of Miami, and Peyton Sparks, the in-state player from Ball State, originally from Winchester, for next season. Mbaco said, quote, he told this to ESPN, quote, my decision will put me in a position to flourish and thrive. The staff showed a lot of love, and I trust them. They have a need for my game. It's a great fit. If I do my job, I will have the opportunity to start. I can bring scoring, rebounding, and passing. And also some reports came out Friday night and Saturday that Mbaco spoke with Carmelo Anthony, who played for Coach Woodson while he was with the Knicks. And he said, according to this same report, Anthony told Mbaco, quote, Woodson is a genuine guy, but on the court he will push you. And Mbaco also briefly mentioned NIL opportunities uh, in um, uh, NIL opportunities in Bloomington. He said, it, quote, it works hand-in-hand with the decision. You get paid for what you love to do. Indiana has great NIL opportunities. So, obviously, the Mbaco commitment is huge. I think it, along with Ware and other additions uh, from the portal, makes Indiana at least a player in the Big Ten Conference for next season. We'll have to let things shake out before we kind of, at least myself, pinpoint where I think this Indiana team could be next year. But I think Indiana won Friday night more than just getting a commitment from Mbaco. They won because... Uh, it's a big deal. It's it's big news. They won because of the N- NIL opportunities that Mbako publicly bragged on, which is going to be nothing but helpful for, helpful for the next recruitment of a player of his magnitude. I'm sure Indiana is already using that quote uh, and those details as they recruit others from the portal and beyond. And then also Carmelo Anthony. That's a big deal to consistently have someone of his stature in the NBA speak up for your head coach and put his reputation on the line supporting Coach Woodson. And then, of course, don't forget last week we mentioned that Anthony's son, I think it's Kyan Anthony, he's a youngster still, he's got an offer from Indiana. He's turning into a big-time prospect. If Carmelo feels this strongly about Mike Woodson and he's recommending McKenzie and Baco to play for Coach Woodson, maybe we need to think very strongly that uh, Carmelo's son is going to be a very legitimate uh, pickup potentially for Indiana in the future. So uh, big stuff from McKenzie and Baco. Wanted to start with that to open up the show. Obviously, we'll talk a lot more about that today. It's our first show of the week. Uh, let's look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one here in just a moment. We'll have some more headlines. Uh, we'll take a look at Trace Jackson Davis specifically from the NBA Combine in Chicago He's had a really nice start to things, and I'll tell you more about that coming up in just a moment. Also, IU baseball note, IU softball note, and a few other things we'll cover here in this opening segment. Later in the show, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. He will be with us as we talk the Mbaco commitment, what else could be brewing in the transfer portal, and more. So stay with us for that interview coming up a little bit later in the show today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, the Thornton's text line is open. I think we've already got a couple texts we'll get to here in just a bit. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 
again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come by today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's and also send us a text on the Thornton's text line, your questions, your comments, your opinions. How pumped were you on Friday night when you got word of the Mbaco commitment to the IU program, uh, 502-414-1450? Get a, get a load of this. Trace Jackson Davis in Chicago. It was a shooting drill, so it wasn't live basketball with a defender in his face. But for the three-point drill, what? and I don't have all the details in front of me, but for the three-point drill, the first 12 threes he shot, he hit 9 of 12 to start this drill from three-point range. Didn't hit a three his whole career at Indiana, but hit 9 of 12, again, in a drill, not a live situation, uh, in front of NBA scouts uh, this uh, just a day or so ago in Chicago. So that's obviously good for him. I know it's just a drill. I know it's not with live defense. I know it's a lot different, but just him showing that he can step out more than what his college profile probably led people to believe is big, I think, for his uh, standing in the second round, probably as a very solid pick in the second round of the NBA draft. So uh, good news for Trace. Now, I did see he's not playing any of the five-on-five stuff at the Combine. I'm assuming his agent or has been advised not to do that to help his status even further, perhaps. He said he's going to instead meet with some teams and set up some individual and small group workouts over the next month or so leading up to the NBA draft. But definitely a good start for Trace Jackson Davis in Chicago. And just looking at, I love looking at all the measurements that they do. Hand length in inches, uh, 9.25 inches was TJD's hand length. His hand width, if you were curious, 10.75 inches. His height without shoes, Six foot eight and a quarter, I guess is how you would say that. His standing reach was eight foot ten, exactly. Weight, 240 pounds, point four. Wingspan, seven foot one, exactly. Lane agility, 11.8 seconds. I don't know exactly what that lane agility timing means. The shuttle run, I think we know what that is, 3.16 seconds. Three-quarter sprint, 3.20 seconds. Standing vertical leap for TJD, 33 inches. Max vertical leap, 36.5 inches. Max bench press. I was curious about this. Not tested yet was what was listed on his document. So uh, 6'9", 245 pounds is what Trace was listed on the roster last season. So a little stretch without shoes on. His weight, uh, maybe five pounds under what he was listed, but but not bad. Uh, always interested to see if those numbers have been inflated at all. But uh, Trace, a good start. And I think we all join in, those of, that, of us that have covered him and those of us that have supported him, watched him, cheered for him over the years. I think we join in hoping that he has the very best of opportunities with the NBA to, to make his mark and get a legitimate opportunity uh, to uh, play, to, to get a legit NBA opportunity. Let's let's put it that way. Jalen Hood-Shafino also at the NBA Combine. I've seen some updates since the Combine. I have not seen a lot of mentions of him 
as far as any movement up or down. I did see a couple people update their top 20 from the combine. Hood Shafino was not in either of those two listings, although he's been as high as 14, 15, 16 in the top 20 of a lot of of the early draft uh, boards out there. We'll see when the first real set of post-combine draft projections come out where Hood Shafino is at that point. But obviously the NBA draft combine is going to be something that we can follow through the weekend uh, as it really gets these players close with the NBA scouts. And a lot of things behind the scenes take place, not just drills and measurements and basketball. There's a lot of other opportunities that go on surrounding the NBA combine each year. Also an IU baseball note, Indiana swept Purdue over the weekend. Indiana's Big Ten baseball championship hopes are still alive. IU scored 51 runs in a sweep of rival Purdue. They won 10-2 on Sunday. They are now uh, in a Big Ten race. You can say that for sure with a week to go. They've got a one three-game series still ahead at Michigan State next week. They are tied for the Big Ten lead with Maryland and in uh, some ways control their own destiny uh, after getting swept by Maryland a few weeks ago. I'm not sure that we thought Indiana would be in this spot, but they really have an opportunity to win a regular season Big Ten championship, so we'll keep an eye on that. And then i got to give a little bit of love. haven't mentioned them all season, but IU softball in the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2011. Uh, they are a number two seed in the Knoxville Regional, which begins May 19th through the 21st. IU's first time back in postseason beyond the conference tournament since 2011. Their first appearance under Shonda Stanton uh, as the head coach, the head softball coach at Indiana. Indiana will take on number three-seeded Louisville on Friday at 3 p.m., down in Knoxville. That game is going to be on ESPN2. Tennessee and Northern Kentucky, that's the rest of the regional that the IU softball team will play in. IU was runner-up in the Big Ten Championships last weekend. They got beat by Northwestern by a score of 2-1. to one. So go IU softball. We'll see if they can make some noise in the regional and maybe get some more postseason softball coming up. Don't watch much softball, college softball, but it is fun. It is quick. It's fast-paced. It is exciting, that is for sure. That's a look at our headlines for this Tuesday edition of the program. The Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Get in your questions now, your reaction to the Mbaco commitment. Other questions you might have from Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier because he's going to join us in the next segment coming up here in just a bit. You're listening to a Tuesday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Tuesday edition of the program. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is my guest. Mike is a great guest uh, on this day every week. We talk the latest with IU basketball and more. And, Mike, it's my first show of the week, and so just trying to unpack everything with McKenzie and Baco 
his commitment to the Hoosiers on Friday night. You cover this stuff really close. You've got a lot of sources. You keep up with things very detailed. You report on this stuff daily. How surprised, Mike, were you on Friday night when word came out that Mbako was headed to be a Hoosier and not a Jayhawk? Well, at the very moment it came out, I wasn't surprised because my phone started lighting up like (laughs) 30 minutes before he announced. But um, I I told somebody on on Friday afternoon, it's like, man, this is the first time that I can remember in a long time that I've had stories drafted both ways either they got him or they didn't because it was it was a pretty well-guarded secret up until that that last stretch there on on friday afternoon so um it, it kind of seems like the new reality a little bit with, with the portal uh recruitments they're a little bit more sophisticated they're a little bit more operated by you know agents and closely guarded and you know a little bit more targeted and and directed than the the long-term high school recruitments that we've kind of grown accustomed to yeah absolutely mike schumann the daily hoosier my guest let's talk about what Mbako's commitment means for the hoosiers immediately because again we talk about the transfer portal guys that are going to be there in a month or less Mbako, you know even though he comes from the high school senior class of 2023 He's the same way. He's going to be there immediately. There's no more high school basketball ahead. He's in the final week, final days of his high school career. So his impact will be felt this offseason. He'll be part of the preparation for next year. And I think we all expect to be a very big part of things for next season. What does his commitment mean for Indiana's roster, win total, conference standings, all for next season? Yeah, so I mean, the the first and foremost thing that jumps out to me is that he gives them a perimeter shooter that they, you know, that they really didn't have. That you know, they they have guys that can knock down shots from the outside, but they don't have kind of a volume shooter out on the wing. Um, he's kind of a stretch, or not a stretch, but a hybrid forward. He can play the three or the four, but kind of just looking at how. Indiana played last year uh, utilizing Miller Cop. I think he can very clearly step into that role. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that I think has more to his game than Cop does, and you know that's no, no knock on Miller. Um, but but I think um, you know Mbako's a, a better rebounder. He, he's better off the bounce than Miller, or at least has the potential to be. I mean, I was silly. We're talking about a 24 year old in Cop and a. Uh, 18, 19 year old in Mbako. So it's it's not a fair comparison in a lot of respects, but he is a five star. He's a five star because he projects to have an NBA skill set to do a lot of those things, you know, be a true three level scorer, very underrated rebounder, you know, on a, you know, percentage basis, percentage of possessions basis. Uh, Mbako is a really good rebounder. So I think, you know, if he does play the three for IU, which, which, Seems like you will with Khalil Ware there and Malik Renew there, although he'll probably push out to the four at times depending on the rotations. Uh, I think you're going to have a great uh, rebounder out there on the wing. I think that's the underrated aspect, and I think he's a pretty good defender. I don't think you're going to lose a lot. You know, if, if you're playing teams that go three guards, I think he's going to be able to hold his own out there uh, pretty well, and then have some really good back back end rim protection with Ware behind him. So I think I think overall. He helps. I mean, you you asked about you know what does it do for the team's outlook next year. It, it's always so dangerous to try to project that with with freshmen. It, it feels easier with, with tra- transfers because they've got a proven track record in college. 
Um, you know, he does seem like a guy that's going to come in and start right away and have an immediate impact. But to say, oh, man, this guy just uh, changed IU from an NIT team to a Elite Eight team, I don't think you can say that. He's one guy. You never know how, how the college adjustment's going to go. Um, if we were talking about McKinsey and Baco being a, a four-year college guy, I'd say, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to do some damage throughout his college career. But if he ends up being one and done, it's, it's really hard to say you know, how much of an impact he'll ultimately have. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, my guest. You can read his work at thedailyhoosier.com. Uh, Mike, let me ask you this. I, I mentioned how does he affect the Hoosiers for next season. Now let me ask, how does he affect Mike Woodson and his ability to recruit this high-level Duke, North Carolina, Kansas-level player that sometimes, many often, most oftentimes, Indiana has missed out on? How does this one commitment change any of that, or does it? I mean, it's another one that's tough to, to pinpoint or, or put any data behind, but it does feel more tangible right now than the, uh, you know, how does he affect the season next year question. Um, you can already kind of see it. There were there were quotes coming out of this weekend. Uh, Liam McNeely, who's a 2024 five-star who I used after very hard, you know, he was asked about it, asked about IU adding him, Baco, and, and he said, you know, that, that's, pretty noteworthy for them to add him and you know he, he's somebody that that McNeely would watch very closely because they play the same position they have a lot of similar skills um and I think there's just this element you know and it's tough to say every recruit's the same because they're not but there is this coolness element or however you want to phrase it it's like oh you know Indiana that, that's a place where McDonald's All-Americans go, Quill Ware, McKenzie and Baca, that's a, that's a place where, where people are going now because of the season that Jalen Hutchifino had, because of the progression that Trace Jackson Davis made. I think you can already see that. Somebody also asked uh, 2024 five-star Dylan Harper, uh, you know, another five-star in this next class coming in. They asked him about um, uh, the addition of Mbako fellow New Jersey guys there, those two, and Harper, you know, his eyes kind of opened up. He's like, wow, uh, that, that's a major move for poor uh, Indiana. And, you know, he said, you know, Mbaka will do really well there under under Mike Woodson. So people notice that. People want to go. I mean, ultimately, we're talking about, you know, 18-ish-year-old kids. They, they want to go somewhere that's cool. They want to go somewhere that, that, that matters, and obviously all the other reasons, too. They want to get better and, and go to the NBA. But I, I definitely do think it matters. You just got to be careful and not say, okay, now every every player wants to go to IU because guess what? Every player is different, and they all have different priorities. Talking with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. You know, Carmelo Anthony, I know that subject has come up with us before, but you know he has a son that's going to be good or is good. Indiana has offered. Carmelo was on record, uh, according to Mbaco, speaking up for Coach Woodson. It can't hurt your recruiting uh, to have someone like Carmelo Anthony, an NBA legend, on your side. And now you start to wonder how maybe it could help Mike Woodson again here pretty soon with his son coming up the ranks. Yeah, there's no doubt. And it kind of goes to that prior point about a kind of a coolness factor. You know, you can go all the way back with Carmelo to, to Trace. Uh, when, when Woodson was hired, Trace sought out Carmelo because he knew that Carmelo was coached by Woodson with the Knicks. And he asked, Carmelo, what uh, his opinion of Woodson was uh, as he was deciding whether or not to return to IU in the spring of 
2021, and Carmelo told Trace that that he was the best coach that he's ever had, and that that mattered to, to Trace. He, he mentioned that at a at a later point in time, so that you know the, there is no doubt that having NBA connections. You know, I think I might have mentioned this on your show last week. Being on a recruiting visit at Indiana, and the staff saying, "Oh, who, who's your?" Who's your favorite NBA player? Or who do you model your game after? And and saying, oh, well, let's get him on Facetime here and, and have a quick chat with him. Um, you know, but things like that can and have happened on, on visits with Indiana because of how well connected Mike Woodson is, and that Carmelo Anthony uh, repeated involvement or impact on, on things at IU since Woodson has taken over probably illustrates that best. And as you mentioned, now he. Carmelo has a son, uh, class of 2025, so two years of high school left. But he, he's somebody that people are saying, you know, look out. He, he's kind of on that same path that his dad was, kind of off the radar uh, as an underclassman in high school, but quickly emerging as one of the best players in his class. So I think uh, Cayenne Anthony, I believe is how you pronounce it. I, I think that's a name you're just going to keep hearing more and more here over the next year as it relates to to IU recruiting, and I, and I do think with Carmelo, Indiana will have um, an advantage, not not an exclusive advantage. you got to look out for schools like Syracuse and others, but they'll have an advantage in that one for sure. Absolutely. Mike uh, Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest. Mike, let's go to the Thornton's text line. Texter says, is there any upcoming visits of portal targets that Indiana is after to take that last scholarship. So can you answer the texter's question, and can you also confirm that it is one scholarship that's basically remaining for the roster for next season? Yeah, that's the easy part to confirm. They, they do have just one scholarship at this point in time. They, um, men's college programs have an allotment of 13 scholarships available at this point for next season. They've filled 12 of them. I think everybody... You talk to, there's kind of a consensus that if they fill that spot, it needs to be with someone that kind of fits a volume scoring shooting guard uh, type profile um, uh, to, to round things out. They're, they're definitely set from a front court perspective. They, they seem to be set at point guard uh, with, with uh, Xavier Johnson and, and Gabe Cops and, and even Trey Calloway. Galloway is a, a third option there. So it, it seems pretty clear that the the way to go uh, from here out is, is to try to narrow in on a shooting guard that can really uh, score at a high efficient rate for, from behind the arc, but also just score you know at a high volume. Somebody that has a scoring mentality because uh, Indiana still has a lot of points to replace from last year. A lot of these guys coming in, uh, obviously Mbako didn't score a point in college last year. Well, where I think only scored six points a game last year, Malik Renew. Uh, I forget what he averaged, but it, it obviously wasn't a huge number. So, so there's you know guys that you're looking at saying you know they've got to come in and, and fill that, and I think there's still a pretty significant need to, to have somebody that that's kind of a proven college score. Um, in terms of who that is, you know, as to the, back to the very original point, transfer portal recruiting is can be very mysterious at times. I've been tracking. Um, Ray J. Dennis from Toledo here over the last couple weeks, and he's been popping up all over the country on visits at places that people didn't expect him to be, like at Michigan, uh, like at Utah I just saw today. I don't think anybody was predicting that one was coming. So I think you know he's somebody kind of 
I'd say, is towards the top of Indiana's list. He, he's probably more of a true point guard, but he's a scoring point guard, so I think he's somebody who could slot in there with Xavier Johnson, and you'd be good from a uh, uh, backcourt perspective. Um, but, but obviously, Indiana has to get him on campus to get anywhere, and Illinois has long been considered the um, favorite with him. He's an Illinois product, but it's, it's been really interesting to watch him go on all these visits. You don't know if he's just doing his due diligence or if he's just really not sold on Illinois. Uh, so I would keep keep my eyes on him. And, and otherwise, I, I'm honestly not real sure at this point. You know, there's a lot. There's been a ton of names that Indiana's been tied to that have gone off the board here in the last couple of weeks. So the, the one thing that's still kind of out there that people forget about, you know, they, they realize that the, um, the portal, quote-unquote, closed on, on May 11th for uh, undergrads to be able to transfer without having to sit out a year. But it doesn't really impact grad transfer. So if there's a grad transfer, uh, hypothetically, that's going through the draft combine right now or otherwise evaluating their, their MBA options, but they've already graduated. They, they don't have any restrictions with transferring. Even if they've transferred before, they don't have to sit out. So that could still be something that, that's out there as a possibility. All right, one more Mbako thing, and then I want to switch to a couple other topics. But first, just got the official confirmation from Indiana that uh, Mbako has joined the 2023 class. So the program has made it official. And the first thing I scroll to when I see these types of press releases in my email inbox is what Coach Woodson has to say about Mbako. He says, McKenzie, quote, McKenzie is a dynamic player and an outstanding young man from a great family. He has the chance to have an immediate impact on our program. He's a tremendous offensive player who gives us athleticism, length, and the ability to be an inside-out threat. He can beat people off the dribble, rebound, run the floor, and guard multiple positions. Like most freshmen, he will greatly benefit from time in the weight room. He is a winner who has played against high-level competition and was a state champion in high school. We can't welcome. We can't wait to welcome him and his family to Bloomington. So that was Mike Woodson just now on McKenzie and Baco that his uh, signing is official. And with that said, uh, my final Baco question for you, Mike, is: is in some way Hunter Dickinson his commitment from Michigan to Kansas because of playing time, because of his role, because of NIL resources? Did his commitment earlier, a week or two ago, probably help McKenzie and Baco maybe veer off and choose Indiana? Do you think there's any connection in that? Uh, there could be. I mean, I wrote something similar last week uh, from the standpoint that, you know, I think people could negatively recruit against Mbako and say, well, Indiana, all they did last year was play through Trace Jackson Davis. You're never going to see the ball. Um, and, and there would be some merit to that point if Trace Jackson Davis was coming back this year. But as you say, Dickinson is going to Kansas next year, and, and he's not going there to uh, not get the ball. So <laughs> um, if I were advising Mbako and I wanted him to be one and done, I would have at least you know brought that up as something to consider because I, I think, you know, I, I think that Kansas is going to play more through the post next year than what they've done historically, although they also had a, a very compelling case uh, to present to him in terms of, you know, look at all the uh, players like you that, that we've put in the, in the uh, NBA draft or sent to the combine here in the last couple of years, like a Grady Dick. So I, I think it could be spun in a number of ways, but 
I think just with the dynamics changing on both rosters, it probably made it easier for Mbako to, to go to Indiana. I think, what, in my opinion, what ultimately swung him was just the more clear path to, to seeing the floor as a starter getting 30-plus minutes a game in year one. I, I don't think that was perfectly clear at, at Kansas uh, as it is at Indiana. And there, as I mentioned, there's a lot more scoring volume that needs to be replaced at Indiana. So there, 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 there's a clear opportunity for him to step in in year one and have a big role and a big opportunity. Mike, I want to flip to the NBA Draft Combine in Chicago. Trace Jackson Davis, by all accounts, has had a really nice start to the week in Chicago. Yeah, I obviously am not there, but I have heard and read that he shot the ball really well. Some numbers are, are posted. I don't know. I think these are three-point numbers. They, they posted on the NBA Draft website. They say from the college corner left, he shot 40% off the dribble. Uh, college break left 60% on the move uh, from college, 48%. I think those are three-point numbers. Or if, if they are, they're pretty eye-popping numbers. Uh, the, the measurements I always find interesting. Cause the, the, these are the first time uh, you get real measurements for basketball players from, from every stage of their lives up until this point. It, everything's inflated, especially height, uh, even wingspan. So you should never be surprised at the combine when players magically start to shrink. Um, this is the first time I've seen Trace Jackson Davis rounding down to six foot eight. They actually say six foot eight and a quarter, um, but he does have a seven foot one wingspan. I wasn't aware that it was that significant. And then Hutchifino, who's listed on IE's roster at six foot six, uh, was measured at six foot four and a quarter uh, at, at the combine yesterday. So. Um, that one I kind of expected a little bit more. I knew he wasn't six foot six. Um, you could just tell standing close to the guy. But uh, what really stood out about his measurements was he has a plus six wingspan. I had no idea on that one. I, I'd seen it reported more in the plus three, plus four neighborhood. If you're wondering why he could go into Purdue and get all those tough shots off in traffic, that was a big reason why, because he could just shoot over everybody with a plus six wingspan. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, excuse me there, got choked up. But, Mike, great stuff. Always uh, a joy to have you with us and a lot of great information today, as always. Uh, don't forget to check out Mike's site, thedailyhoosier.com. You can also follow him on social media at daily underscore Hoosier. And, Mike, we'll talk with you next Tuesday. Okay, Matt. Take care. All right. We'll head to a commercial break and come back with one final segment here on this Tuesday edition of the program, a couple local sports headlines to take a look at. Uh, unbelievable finish to the Hoosier Hills Conference baseball tournament over the weekend. And baseball sectionals are just around the corner. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I- Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. 
All right, back with you here on this Tuesday edition of the program. Had to get to commercial break before I choked on air. I've been coughing and congested and starting to a little bit feel like normal, and I know so many people sick right now. Just kind of a crazy time as we get into some better weather, but uh, it is what it is. Thanks for being with us. A couple local things I wanted to mention. You know, we are really just days away from some great high school baseball postseason action. We'll be at the 4A sectional. It's going to be played at New Albany's Mount Tabor Field. Should be a lot of fun. Judging by the Hoosier Hills Conference tournament last week, some of the crazy games, some of the upsets, the scores, uh, most of those teams, except for Columbus East, are all in the same sectional. Uh, should be just a great week of baseball. So that's going to be fun. That obviously concludes on Memorial Day, which is a great time there with the holiday. But tomorrow night, we've actually got a high school baseball game on the air, Jeffersonville and Providence. And, of course, this weather right now is a little crazy outside, but should be on a turf field. And uh, let's hope the game and the weather is good to go. But we'll be on tomorrow night with that uh, broadcast P.K. Falkenstein will join me as we bring you Jeff and Providence. Kind of a tune-up for us as we bring you a rivalry game in advance of the upcoming sectional tournament. But the Hoosier Hills Conference Championship over the weekend, Seymour, uh, in a crazy game, defeated Floyd Central. It was a back-and-forth and back-and-forth game. I don't have the details in front of me right now. I think it went something like 13, 12, 13 innings. Uh, Floyd Central right there thought they might bring home another Hoosier Hills Conference championship, but they come up just short to Seymour, who brings home the title this year. So that lets you know that New Albany, Jeff, Floyd, Seymour, Bedford is okay, Jennings County a little down, but the way those teams have beat each other up this season, uh, the possibility is there for some great and crazy finishes when we get to the sectional baseball there around the Memorial Day holiday. So that'll be fun, and that'll be coming up here in just a few weeks on the Big X. Also, other local things to mention, you know, uh, last night, Denny Crum's funeral at the Yum Center. Uh, had a late opportunity to go to that. Uh, someone had an extra ticket to the event. Uh, could not make it because of work stuff. But uh, job well done to the University of Louisville, the city of Louisville, uh, Rick Bozich, Eric Crawford, uh, and really all the Louisville media. There have been some great interviews, some great pieces on Denny Crum um, over the years that have been put back together or uh, new pieces, obviously, talking to former players, family, uh, just some really neat stuff about who he was as a person, as a coach, and really, uh, you know, he's not from Louisville. He's from California, but became such a big figure and remained such a big figure, an active figure in Louisville for years and years. I never knew Denny Crum well. When I got into basketball and doing all the travel ball stuff, uh, you know, I was – pretty young and, and he was obviously well into his career at UofL my paths first cross with Denny Crum I was working for Eddie Ford when he had the big tournament at the fairgrounds and if you know me Eddie was a big part of why I'm so involved in basketball and running events and leagues and tournaments and so much of what I've done over the years here uh, is a credit to him but uh, Denny Crum I met at his tournament over the course of a couple years and he was recruiting a couple Southern Indiana guys, but specifically Dennis Coutte. I'm sure that's a remember a name that Jeffersonville listeners or high school basketball fans that have been around for a while will remember. A great player from Jeffersonville. Dennis had all sorts of college interests. Had a tremendous career at Jeffersonville, but unfortunately, c- collegiately, it just really never seemed to pan out for him. 
But I remember interacting with Denny as a fairly young guy. Maybe was I don't know freshman, sophomore in high school. And uh, but he but asked me questions about Dennis Coute and talked with me uh, like I was a guy that had been around for many years. And I really didn't even know that much. Uh, still don't today. Some would tell you, but. Uh, always kind and always personable and went out of his way to be nice to a young guy that could do nothing at all to help him. And so that's my personal memory. And I ran into him after that uh, on the recruiting scene and with other people. And it helped to be around people he knew. Uh, It wasn't like he just knew me or or that I was the reason for the conversation. But you think back about personal memories when someone passes or whatever, and that's just a, a, a Denny Crumb memory about how nice he was to me. Uh, as a young kid that was getting involved with basketball that uh, just wanted to talk with him. And uh, he he almost made it seem like you were really helping him by the way he asked questions and so forth. But very classy guy and uh, thoughts and condolences to his family. But I thought uh, a very, very classy event uh, yesterday for him and a great outpouring from Louisville fans and former players and just a a, a very classy uh, way I felt that all that was handled here over the last week. And so kudos to everybody involved. But Denny Crum, a great coach, great man, great for Louisville, great for this area. Uh, just just a classic person, and uh, he will be missed, that's for sure. That's going to wrap things up for this Tuesday edition of the program. Uh, we do not uh, have a show tomorrow because of Bats Baseball, so another pretty light week. I was out Monday. We'll miss Wednesday because of Bats Baseball, but we will be back Thursday and Friday for regular editions of our program. So join us for that, and of course, back with you next week as well. Rainy out there, stay safe. Back with you Thursday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.